It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 109 of season 2, and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. And welcome to our Christmas Eve special. We're bringing you two back-to-back Christmas comedy shows, the first from Duffy's Tavern, and the second from the Harold Perry Show. Without further ado, grab a tall glass of eggnog, gather around the Christmas tree, and relax for some good old-fashioned classic Christmas radio fun. The December 21st, 1945 broadcast of Duffy's Tavern, and the December 20th, 1950 broadcast of The Harold Perry Show. It's Friday night, so we take you now to Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Duffy's Tavern is brought to you by Bristol Myers, makers of Vitalis and Minute Rub, two products that will pay you to remember. Minute Rub, modern chest rub, Vitalis for well-groomed hair. Minute Rub, Vitalis. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave me to eat? Archie the man just speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, by the way, we got two more Christmas cards tonight. Well, one from uh, Colucci, the fruit peddler. Yeah, very pretty card, too. It's got his coat of arms. Two crossed bananas with a tomato rampant in the background. <laughs> yeah, and the other one's from Cavendish, the undertaker. Yeah, it says, wishing you a joyous and merry Christmas and a short but happy New Year. <laughs> P.S. Drop in and see our new Christmas wrappings. <laughs> Yeah, you ought to be here, Duffy. Already the joint is reeking with Christmas odor. Yeah, we're even putting on a show tonight, the Christmas Carol. What's well, an old play by Charles Dickens? Dickens. As in, go to D. <laughs> yeah, well, guy's a very famous writer, Duffy. Wrote uh, David Copperfield, the uh, Picnic Papers. Uh... <laughs> that other one about the dame, you know. Uh, uh, Oliver's Twist. <laughs> well, look, Duffy, I'm busy now I gotta rewrite the Christmas carol Yeah, well, I gotta fix it up, you know Some of the grammar is a little old-fashioned <laughs> I'll call you back, Duffy Merry Christmas Okay Hey, Eddie uh, Yes, sir? Look, it's Christmas, sir Why don't you say we kind of infest the joint with a little Christmas flavor? Leave us put some mistletoes around and some holly wreaths, huh? Oh, we've practically got a holly wreath already. The customers at the bar is turning red, and the ones that just finished eating are turning green. <laughs> Eddie, will you cut out the whiz me? I'm serious. Now, what could we do to make the joint a little more Christmassy? Uh, we could get a nice snow effect by whitewashing the sawdust. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Sure. I could trot around under the table with a little cask of brandy tied around my neck. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cute. Like one of them St. Bernstein dogs. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, good old Christmas, sir. 
By the way, I wonder what uh, Duffy is going to give us for Christmas this year. Yeah, I wonder. Hey, you know, I kind of got my heart set on the Hope Diamond. <laughs> you hope, you hope, you hope. <laughs> what did he give you in last year again? A uh, monogrammed dustpan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. It makes a nice set with the monogrammed broom he gave me the year before. <laughs> Look, Eddie, don't be bitter. After all, Duffy ain't really such a bad guy. No, he ain't such a bad guy. No. 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 Well, so long. This is where I get off. Eddie, you're bitter. Remember that Christmas dinner he gave us last year? The celery and the chestnuts and the cranberries and the cover charge? Ah, he was kidding. That big whole roast pig with the apple in its mouth. Uh, Hello, Finnegan. Where's the apple? Uh, what apple? Uh, Skip, it's just a little picture you happen to conjure into my mind. Anyways, Merry Christmas to you, Finnegan. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Watch. By the way, uh, that brings up a subject. What? I'd like to ask you a question. Oh. What's the question? Well, Watch, promise me you'll tell me the truth. I promise. Okay. Watch, is there a chance of course? <laughs> well, bless your heart, Finnegan. What brought this on? Uh, well, uh, I was over to Macy's this morning, and on the fifth floor there was a tall, skinny Santa Claus, and, and I got down to the third floor, and there's a short, fat Santa Claus. Frankly, Arch, I'm beginning to smell a rat. <laughs> now, tell me, will you? Uh, look, I I don't want to be no stool pigeon. I, I'd rather you'd ask somebody else. So, well, who am I going to ask, Arch? Oh, you asked me little brother Wilford, and he says there ain't no chain of clothes, but what does he know? <laughs> He's only a child. Look, you, you put me in a very bad position. Well, you got to tell me, Arch. I'm old enough to know. <laughs> and I'm going to find out sooner or later anyway. Finnegan, please, I'd rather that somebody... Oh, else... come on, Arch. You told me about the stork, didn't you? <laughs> This is important to me. Well, why? Why is it so important? Well, I ain't smart enough to keep a job. I, I can't read. I can't write. I don't like girls. If, if there's no Santa Claus, what have I got to live for? Well, okay, Finnegan, you asked for it. You no. see, this Santa Claus thing started, uh, well, you see, there's the birds and the bees and the flowers. Yeah. And Finnegan... Turn your eyes the other way, will you? <laughs> That's better. Now you ask me if there's a Santa Claus. So prepare yourself, Finnegan. Go ahead, Arch. I can take it. Finnegan, there is no... Arch! No truth to the rumor that there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> Oh, there is a Santa Claus. Oh, boy, what a load off of me, man. <laughs> Santa Claus, you should come in. Ah, mm. uh, these are adults. <laughs> Hello? Oh, just a second. Eddie is here. His girlfriend, Sonia Jones. Oh, my. The first official sign of Christmas. <laughs> hello. Oh, hello, Sonia. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Huh? Sure, I love you, sugar. What you doing? 
Uh, is you alone, baby? <laughs> now, ain't that a man's voice out here? <laughs> or are you listening to the news on the radio? I just saw you. How long has Gable Heater been calling you, honey? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm, I'm just suspicious. Yeah, baby. I know I'm always in your heart. Yeah. But, honey, who's that that's always in your apartment? <laughs> Well, Merry Christmas, honey. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, extend the season's greetings to Gable Heater for me. Well, it's bad news tonight. Look, <laughs> Eddie, why do you let that Sonia kick you around like this? What are you, man or your mouse? Pass the cheese. Say, <laughs> Oh, hello, Miss Duffy. Hey, what's the matter with you today? Why? Well, you look even more battered than usual. <laughs> Gee, Archie, those department stores are terrible. You try to get near a counter and you take your life in your hands. They push you around, tear your sock and step on your toes, gouge your eyes out. Well, uh, what were you trying to buy? Nothing. I was just browsing. <laughs> well, that starts our conversation this evening on a nice idiotic basis. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, uh, incidentally, I hear you're going to put on a Christmas show tonight. Yes. Well, uh, needless to say, you'll want me to sing. On the contrary, equally needless. <laughs> you and that foghorn falsetto. That off-coloratura. <laughs> you are not going now to... Now, listen here, you big dope. Look, Miss Duffy, leave us not fight tonight. It's the Christmas season, and I'm in too good a mood. In fact, I'm so happy, I'd like to kiss you. Hmm? Blindfolded, of course. <laughs> Okay, you can sing in the show. Uh, Mr. Melnick. Yeah, I... Look, uh, we're gonna need some Christmassy background music for the show tonight. Are you equipped? We're loaded, Jackson. In what way, Phil? <laughs> How are you loaded? <laughs> I got a kid named Robert Maxwell that's murder on this Christmas stuff. A harp player. Harp player, huh? Good idea. Duffy will love it. <laughs> it's his native music. <laughs> Okay, we'll put the kid in the show. Hey, Archie. Yes, Mr. Muller. Uh, can you use me in a Christmas show? Well, yeah, maybe you could announce it. Uh, give me a sample, for instance. What would you say? Well, I don't know. Maybe something like this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Duffy's Tavern takes great pleasure in presenting its Christmas show, starring that famous hair-grooming preparation, Vitalis. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Then I suppose you had in mind a ballet, maybe, where four men with tight, dry scalps dance around a bottle of vitamins <laughs> while the band plays hair, hair, the gang's all hair? Well, no, Archie. The orchestra would play, Here, here, Vitalis is almost here. Very sharp. Pull up your podium and pray continue. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty soon now, Vitalis will be back. Back to keep your dry, unruly hair well-groomed. And without that plaster-down patent leather shine. Yes, pretty soon you'll be able to use Vitalis and the 60-second workout to loosen your tight, dry scalp, route loose dandruff, and help prevent excessive falling hair. Shortages will soon be relieved. And then you'll be able to get original, genuine Vitalis, the hair-grooming preparation that's been the standby of so many men for so long. Okay, Eddie, we're all set. Now, give me that bunk starter. 
Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, each year we present our centennial Christmas show. <laughs> now, that moment has just become ripe. So, I want you all to enjoy the show. Applaud when you like. Be merry. Have laughs. In other words, feel free to vent your spleen in any way you wish. <laughs> so, without no further ado, leave us on with the show. Carry on, Mr. Miller. Thank you. Duffy's Tavern brings you Christmas music. <laughs> Christmas drama. But Santa Claus, suppose my husband comes home and finds you here. <laughs> Christmas humor. Do you think we will have a white Christmas, darling? Well, it will if it don't rain, dear. <laughs> And now, on with the show. For our first act this evening, we give you that beloved little entertainer, your waiter and mine, Eddie Green. To know him is to tip him. Take it, Eddie. Ah, <laughs> uh, you better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pot. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming. Coming on down to Harlem Town. Oh, my. Hey. And you've got to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming with his bag full of jive, Mr. Five by Five. Sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows how good you've been. So if you meet him face to face, say, Solid old man, give me some skin. He's got no reindeer, they ain't got no sled. But he's on his way and he's coming instead on the after such a speaker at the Santa's Thank you very much, Eddie Green. Now, for our next act, we reach into our Christmas grab bag, and what do we pull out? None other than Mr. Robert Maxwell's The World's Greatest Harvest. Okay, Robert, uh, take us on a Miller side with a reach beat hubcap and send us solid with that old rip raff sand sack, kid. <laughs> okay, take it away, Robert Maxwell. <laughs> You gotta give the guy credit. He plays the thing with his bare hands. <laughs> what? Mrs. Duffy says she would like to have a little more Christmas schmaltz, huh? Okay, boss. <clears throat> Look, Matty, uh, can the uh, kid jive out a little more dig beat with a rip on the schmaltz side? What? Oh, I see him talking to a square. Uh, <laughs> 
Soapy says he would like something a little more befitting to the occasion of the season. Well, how about White Christmas? Okay, let him chop it away in a gut bucket. Incidentally, if that thing ever has any little ukuleles, name one after me. <laughs> now, to continue our cruise down Santa Claus Lane, we next hear from that great singing duet, Clifton Finnegan and Miss Duffy. <laughs> Better known as half a wit and a near miss. <laughs> This is Third Avenue's answer to the atomic bomb. Okay, take it away. Light bell ring. Oh, you listening? Light bell ring. Oh, you listening? Late in the night. Oh, would you like to go to the atomic bomb? Jeanette McDonald with a half Nelson on Eddie. <laughs> and now, we have a surprise act for you. Mr. Marvin Miller, our genial master of ceremonies, will beleaguer us with a poem. Go right ahead, Mr. Miller. 
T'was the night before Christmas, and all through the nation, people had chest colds and that stuffed-up sensation. Just a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I can finish that for you. With his sleigh full of minute rub over housetops and spires, came Santa Claus shouting, On, Bristol, on, Myers. <laughs> You may now lapse into prose, if you please. <laughs> well, just to say that Minute Rub, a really modern chest rub, is wonderful to help relieve that uncomfortable cold misery. All you do is rub Minute Rub on your throat, chest, and back, and in a minute, Minute Rub gets to work and starts to relieve that clogged-up feeling in the nose and throat. Starts to bring a feeling of warmth to those tight, sore chest muscles. And because Minute Rub is greaseless and stainless, it can't stain clothes or bed linens. So get a jar of Minute Rub and get relief from annoying cold misery the modern way. The greaseless, stainless Minute Rub way. Okay, Mr. Miller, you may now announce the big piece of resistance. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we now present The Christmas Carol, written by the Dickens boys, Charles and Archie. <laughs> As our scene opens, we find Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Archie, preparing to go to bed in his miserable little room on Piccadilly Square. <laughs> All England is a grog with Yuletime spirit. But for miserable old Ebenezer Scrooge, there is no Christmas. At the moment, we find him in an ugly mood, writing in his diary. Dear diary, had a pleasant day today. Bankrupted three widows, foreclosed 12 mortgages, and drove nine families out into the snow. Barefooty, of course. <laughs> oh, Mr. Scrooge, sire. Oh, it is my butler, Godfrey. What do you want, my man Godfrey? It's getting mighty cold in there. Do you think we can afford to throw another twig on the fire? <laughs> Heavens to Betsy, man, you threw one on last Friday. Do you think these twigs grow on trees? I know, but it's getting cold in here. There's icicles on the window. So what? Ain't you never seen icicles on a window before? Not on the inside, sire. Uh-oh, before I forget, the widow Scratchit called this morning. Uh, Scratchit, Scratchit is, uh... She the widow of Willie Scratchit? I mean, Willie Scratchit? Yeah. She's the, she's the one you, you work to death squeezing limes in your lime house. She says, she says you promised to pay her a pension of two pence a week. Well, get rid of it, Godfrey. If I have to go around paying two pence a week to every widow in Wessex, I wouldn't have a pair of pence to me name. <laughs> Besides, it ain't my fault that that husband of hers didn't save nothing out of what I gave him every week. But, sire, how much can one save out of ten lashes a week? <laughs> bah, humbug. But the widow's downstairs starving, sire. Can't we at least give her a piece of bread? Oh, leave her starve. And poor people is all alike. Greedy, how about? Yeah. <laughs> Give them bread today, and tomorrow they're back asking for water. Yeah, but, sire, this is Christmas. Christmas. How I hate it. Christmas trees, presents, happy people, goodwill. 
I hate Christmas. But why do you feel this way, sir? I'll tell you why, Knave. Because <laughs> I am a black-hearted, tight-fisted, bitter, stingy old skin flint. No, Duffy, not you, me. <laughs> Oh, yes, Godfrey. I think I shall hie me hence to bed. Mm. Very good, Sour. That's I am. <laughs> yes, Godfrey. I've done a hard day's dirty work today. It'll feel good to crawl in between them nice, clean sheets of newspaper. <laughs> well, good night, my man, Godfrey. Good night, Sire. Don't forget to blow out the twig. <laughs> yes, Sire. Not so hard, you fool. That twig's got to last us all day tomorrow. Sorry, sire. Ah. Now to close one eye and get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, got a big day tomorrow. Got to sprinkle banana peels on the front steps of the old lady's home. <laughs> Get them chimes made softer. No sense in letting the neighbors hear the time for nothing. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Wake up. Who's calling me? Who are you? I am the spirit of Christmas. Uh... <laughs> Bah, bah, humbug. I have come to show you the suffering that your stinginess is causing. I'm going to take you to the house of the widow Scratchit. The next voice you hear will be that of the widow Scratchit herself. Oh, Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Uh, coming, mother. <laughs> Tim, the flies are coming in, and we haven't got enough to eat ourselves. Mommy, I am weak with hunger. I know it, my poor boy. Ain't we got nothing in the house? Even a crusted swieback? Not even a herring. Tim, land sakes, the floor is cold. Where are your shoes? Come on, son, speak up. Where are your shoes? Tim... Stop picking that leather out of your teeth and tell me, where are your shoes? <laughs> oh, Tim. Tim, you didn't eat them. Uh, of course I did, Mama. I am only a little tot. My body must have nourishment. Mama, why is Ebenezer Scrooge so wicked? Oh, he isn't really wicked, son. He's just socially maladjusted. <laughs> he hates to part with a buck. Oh, yeah. Well, I still say it's wicked of him to starve a nice little boy like me to death. Did you hear that, Ebenezer Scrooge? You have caused all this suffering with your stinginess. Spirit, you got me dead to rights. All of a sudden, I behold how low I have sank. Well, Ebenezer, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to give 50,000 pounds to Tiny Tim and Mrs. Scratchit. And the rest of my money, I will give to nothing but orphan asylums. Every one of them. From Essex to Wessex. From Wessex to Sussex. And as far north as Norsex. <laughs> and 
I want to thank you, Spirit of Christmas. You have lighted up the way for me. You have learned me that it is better to give than to receive. Hello? Mrs. Duffy? Huh? Uh, he's over in the corner crying like a baby? Oh, get him over to the phone. We'll, we'll try to cheer him up. Come on, let's, let's see. sing him a song. Huh? Yeah. Hello? Hello, Duffy? Huh? Look, stop crying, will you? Well, I know, and we love you, too, but Christmas ain't supposed to be sad. Duffy, cheer up. It's, it's, it's Christmas is supposed to be gay. It's holly wreaths and Santa Claus and Prancer and Dancer and Dunder and Pilsner and... <laughs> and Jingle Bells, Duffy. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle Hey, does that make you feel better, Duffy? Huh? What a Duffy. He's crying harder than ever. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to leave Duffy's Tavern for this evening, but let's meet here again at this same time next Friday night. In the meantime, if you have a cold, remember Minute Rub. And for well-groomed hair, remember Vitalis. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. There's a white mantle of snow over the little town of Melrose Springs, and the air is cold and frosty. But there's warmth and good cheer in the hearts of young and old alike, for Christmas is only two days away. Let's look in on the home of Honest Harold, where we find his mother just putting the presents under the Christmas tree. Dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh. Now, this is for Harold, and this one's for Raymond. Through the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells uh, on bobsleds ring, making spirits bright. Uh, hello, Harold. Hello, Mother. Well, well, look at all those wonderful presents under the tree. Christmas is certainly a grand time of the year. It certainly is. Yeah, it makes you love everybody. I even love my boss, Stanley Peabody. <laughs> oh, Harold. Well, I do, Mother. Well, got to get downtown now. We're having an important meeting of our reindeer club this afternoon. That reindeer club was a wonderful idea of yours, Harold. Thank you, Mother. I just thought it'd be nice if some of us fellows got together and gave the children in this town a big Christmas party. 
A lot of presents, a Santa Claus and everything. Well, that's the true Christmas spirit, Harold. Who's in your club? Well, there are four of us, reindeer. Uh, Prancer, that's me. <laughs> Dasher, that's old Doc Yancey. Comet is Pete the Marshal. And Stanley Peabody is Donder. Should have been Donderhead. Now, 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 remember your Christmas spirit. Of course, Mother. At the meeting this afternoon, we're going to elect a Santa Claus. But the election is just a formality. They'll probably pick me unanimously. The whole club was my idea. <laughs> Won't that be nice? My son, Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> well, better get started, Mother. May not be home for dinner after the meeting. I've got some shopping to do. Well, I'll leave the front door unlocked for you. Oh, don't bother, Mother. Remember, I'm going to be Santa Claus. I'll just come down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells. Quiet, quiet, fellas. <clears throat> Meeting of the Order of Noble Reindeer, Herd One of Melrose Springs will kindly come to order. <laughs> Brother Comet will now call the roll. Brother Comet, that's you, Pete. Ye oh, yeah. Uh, some Comet. Uh, <laughs> let me see here now. Where's my list? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Brother Prancer. That's me, present. Uh, Brother Dasher. Brother Dasher. That's you, Doc. Oh, yes, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Ye gods, Doc, can't you even remember your name? Oh, you're out of order, Harold. Well, a reindeer, I move we send Prancer to bed without his oats. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Donder? I, Stanley Peabody, am present. Listen to Prissy Pants. Brother Comet? Brother Comet? That's you, Pete. Oh, I didn't see myself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to business, fellas. Fellow reindeer, I am happy to report that our preparations for the Christmas party are going full speed ahead. And we're getting a lot of letters from the children telling us what they want in their Christmas stocking. Uh, Brother Prancer, here's a letter from a kid I'd like to read. Oh, good. Go ahead, Doc. <clears throat> Dear Reindeer Club, when I wake up Christmas morning, what I want to find in my Christmas stocking is Linda Darnell. Oop. <laughs> what smart alec kid wrote that? I did. <laughs> Doc. Only joking, Harold. Oh, I'm right behind you on this Christmas party. In fact, I think you deserve a vote of thanks for all the hard work you've done. Well, thank you, Doc. And I'd like to say to all of you that I've never worked with a nicer bunch of reindeer. Brother Prancer. Yes, Brother Donder and Stanley. I suggest we elect our Santa Claus now. Uh, good idea. I would like to nominate a man I think really deserves the job. Uh, go right ahead, Stanley, old friend. Fellow reindeer, this man is one of our leading citizens of Melrose Springs, respected and loved by all. Uh... The man I refer to is none other than I, Stanley Peabody. Ooh. Wait a minute, I've been double-crossed. I move the nominations be closed. Just a minute, Stanley. This whole thing was my idea. I ought to be Santa Claus. You, Hemp. Huh. What? The only qualification you have for Santa Claus is that you carry your own padding. Oh. What a Santa Claus you'd make with those skinny legs. They look like two pipe cleaners with knees. Hemp, you fathead. Now, Donder. Scarecrow. Now, Prancer. I move we postpone the election till tonight when we've all cooled down. What? Second. And let's don't forget the spirit of Christmas, Brother Reindeer. Merry Christmas, Hemp. Merry Christmas, Stanley. I hope he trips over a Yule log. Uh, uh, certainly crowded downtown. 
Everybody's getting ready for a Merry Christmas. Hello, Mrs. Delachapa. Well, uh, I don't feel very merry, I can tell you that. I'd be Santa Claus right now if it wasn't for that Peabody. I went and bought him a hand-painted necktie for Christmas. Ought to return it and get my 98 cents back. Oh, well. Why, Harold! Huh? Oh, hello, Theodora. Oh, I feel so Christmassy, don't you? The snow, all those decorations in the windows, and the happy music. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter, Harold? Something wrong with my little holly berry. Well... <laughs> You know, I wanted to be Santa Claus at the children's Christmas party. Didn't your reindeer club pick you? Well, Stanley Peabody wanted to be Santa Claus, too, so now we have to have an election tonight. Oh, Harold, that's nothing to worry about. I'm sure your friends will vote for you. Well, I guess so. Sure. And you'll make a wonderful Santa Claus, Teddy Bear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope Santa will come to my house. I've got some mistletoe over the door. You have? Uh-huh And you know what mistletoe is for? Sure do You stand on your toes and then we both missle Yeah, yeah <laughs> Oh, Harold uh, Well, I have some shopping to do uh, Here's a present for you, Sandy Wanty <laughs> Goodbye Goodbye <sighs> Wonderful girl Hello, Harold! Oop. There's Doc. And it's horse and buggy. Better make sure the old horse doctor is going to vote for me tonight. Hey, just a minute, Doc. Oh, Silver Moon. Oh. <laughs> ah, what is it, Brother Prancher? Well, Brother Dasher, I just wondered... Look me... at my horse, Silver Moon, Harold. Don't she look sweet with that mistletoe in her ear? <laughs> mistletoe? Doc, there aren't any other horses in this town for her to kiss. I know, but she goes around kissing automobiles. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spirit of the thing. <laughs> oh, brother. Doc, about the election. You know, my animals are so excited, they love Christmas time. Oh? I'm uh, out now buying their presents. What are you whispering about, Doc? Well, I don't want Silver Moon to hear me. Huh? She's only 24 years old, but she still believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> Doc, please, I want to... I just don't know what to get for Arthur, my goat. Your goat? Yeah. Last year, I got him an erector set, but he ate it. Oh. (laughs) Doc, will you listen to me for a moment? I want to talk to you about the election this evening. I suppose you're going to vote for me as Santa Claus. Aren't you, old pal? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> now look, Doc. Get up, Silver Moon. It's the whole drip bound of holly. Old Doc Yak Yak certainly thinks he's smart. For two cents, I'd tell his horse there isn't any Santa Claus. <laughs> Maybe I'd better drop into the marshal's office a minute and make sure Pete's going to vote for me tonight. Hello, Pete. Oh, hello, Brother Prancher. Uh, Pete, about the election tonight, I suppose you're going to... How do you like this little Christmas tree I'm decorating, Harold? Oh, looks beautiful. Pete, I... I'm fixing this tree from a prisoner, Orville the Dip. Orville the Dip? Uh, When did you arrest him? Oh, I didn't arrest him. He broke into jail last night. (laughs) 
<laughs> broke in. I've never heard of a crook doing that. Oh, Orville isn't a crook anymore, Harold. He's retired. Oh, poor old fella. Gets kind of lonesome for jail around the holidays. Oh. Yeah, likes to be in familiar surroundings. Yeah. Oh. Pete, it's against the law to keep a man in jail if he hasn't committed a crime. I know that. I've put Orville out three times, but he keeps breaking back in. <laughs> Harold, you'd like Orville. He's one of the nicest ex-safe crackers you ever met. Yes, Pete, what I came in here... Oh, excuse me, I hope I'm not intruding. Oh, hello, Orville. I I'd like you to meet an old friend of mine, Honest Harold. Honest Harold, meet Orville the Dip. Very, very happy to make your acquaintance, sir. Uh, how do you do? How do you like the tree, Orville? It's lovely. It'll look beautiful in my cell. What a happy yuletide this will be. Glad to do it, Orville. You're very kind. This is just like being home for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pete, I want to return your watch. His watch? Yes, I lifted it when you brought my lunch in, Pete. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lifetime habits are hard to break, you know. <laughs> Forget it, Orville. Oh, thank you. Excuse me, gentlemen. I'll return to my cell now. <laughs> Orville took my watch. Ain't that a doozy? <laughs> what a jail. Pete, look, are you going to vote for me tonight? You know, he must have lifted it while I was pouring his sanka. No. <laughs> oh, he's a sly one. Pete! <laughs> you know what he did yesterday, Harold? <laughs> he lifted my handcuff. <laughs> he must have lifted your brains, too. I'll see you at the meeting tonight. As recorder, I will now count the votes for Santa Claus. Have you all put your ballots in the hat, Harold? Mine's in. Stanley Peabody? My vote is cast. My vote is cast. Uh, Pete? In the slot, boy. Huh. <laughs> well, mine's in. Holds are closed. Let me see here now. Hope I get it. I just gotta be Santa Claus. One vote for Stanley Peabody. Oop. I bet he's gonna get it. One vote for Harold Hamp. Well, I wonder who's gonna get the next vote. <laughs> One vote for Alf Landon. What? <laughs> It's for Harold Hemp. Oh, yeah. And so is the last vote. It's uh, Harold Hemp for Santa Claus by a snow slide. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Fine, fellas. Congratulations, Hemp. I guess you won the election. Oh, well, don't feel bad, Stanley. You carried Maine and Vermont. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, gosh, it's wonderful. I'm going to be Santa Claus. I can just see those kids at the Christmas party tonight. The smiles on their little faces when I hand them their presents. Good evening, Mr. Hemp. Uh, ooh, Orville the Dip. I mean, uh, hello. <laughs> hey, what are you doing out? We need some more Christmas lights for the tree. I'm going to drop in one of the stores and pick some up. <laughs> I bet he will, too. <clears throat> I heard you singing. You must be in good spirits tonight, Mr. Hemp. Oh, yes, yes, I am, Orville. You see, I was just elected to play Santa Claus for the children tomorrow night. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Hemp. Please accept my congratulations. Well, thank you, Orville. I can't tell you how I envy you. 
Well, this may seem strange to you, but the one ambition of my life has been to play Santa Claus to a group of happy children. Oh, it has? You see, I've had rather a lonely life, Mr. Hemp. No family, no friends. Oh, I see. Yes, the way of the transgressor is bitter and lonely, especially at this season of the year. One misses the warmth of friendship and the laughter of little children. Yeah. Of course... I know it is not for me to share in the joys of Christmas time. I must accept my lot. Well, I... But I'm very happy for you. What a heartwarming experience that will be. To bring happiness to all those children. To be loved by them. And trusted. Yeah. Yes, so. Well, I'd better be getting back. Merry Christmas, Mr. Hemp. Merry. Uh, Orville. Yes? You know... It really doesn't mean so much to me, playing Santa Claus. Why don't you take my place? Mr. Hemp, do you mean that? Sure. Why, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't believe it. I can't tell you how happy you've made me. Well, that's what Christmas is for, Orville. To make other people happy. Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. for the second act of our story, Honest Herald, in just a moment. One of the top events of the holiday season, The Bing Crosby Show, heard every Wednesday on most of these same CBS stations. Don't miss this evening's show with Bing, the four Crosby boys, and Dixie Lee, Mrs. Crosby, in their family Christmas program. And be sure to listen for Harold Perry's important announcement at the close of our show. And now, back to Honest Herald, the homemaker. There's a nice little glow in the heart of Honest Harold this morning. He gave up his chance to play Santa Claus at the children's Christmas party in order to bring happiness to a lonely old man. And Harold's feeling pretty happy himself. Or at least he was, until he got orders to report to the office of his boss, Stanley Peabody. Hemp, what's this I hear about you letting that ex-safe cracker take your place as Santa Claus? Oh, you mean Orville? Yes. Hemp, you've done some moronic things in your life, but this time you've broken your record. Well, thank you. Oop. Trusting a man who's been a criminal. I hope you've got all those presents in a safe place. You don't have to worry about the presents, Stanley. I gave them to Oroville last night. They're perfectly safe in his cell. What? He's probably absconded with them by this time. Oh, no. Oroville was reformed, Stanley. He's going straight now. Uh, that's what they all say. But it's pretty hard to break the habits of a lifetime. What? Suppose your Santa Claus decides to crack a safe or something. We'll all be disgraced. Well, you don't have to worry about Orville, Stanley. I know human nature and I trust him. Well, I don't. Now, Stanley, this means a lot to Orville, and I'm not going to let him down. The trouble with you is you don't have faith in people. Of course, that takes a little intelligence. Hemp, I'll have you understand that intelligence reigns supreme in my family. Oh, well, you must have been born during a dry spell. <laughs> Get out! Don't throw that! I'm leaving. Prissy pants can't worry me. Orville the dip isn't going to crack any safe. I don't think. Well, hello, 
Harold. Oh, good morning, Glory. Oh, Harold, I think it's just wonderful you letting Orville take your place as Santa Claus. Well, thanks, Gloria. And I just hope it all comes out all right. What? Well, it'd be awful if he turned out to be another Gentleman Willie. Gentleman Willie? Yes, he was a character in a movie I saw once. He went straight for 30 years, became president of a bank, then his mind snapped. It did? Yes, one night they caught him robbing his own bank. He just couldn't break the habit. Zeef. Where are you going, Harold? You haven't heard the rest of the plot. I know it. Goodbye. I wonder if I did make a mistake about Oroville. Suppose his mind snapped. Like Gentleman Willie. The awful if they caught Santa Claus cracking a safe. Oop, there he is. What's he doing? Ah, he's window shopping. Such a sweet face. How could anybody mistrust him? See, what store window was he looking in? Let's see. J.C. Penny, Frank, the girl... Whoop! He's window shopping in front of the bank. <laughs> Better see what he's up to. I'll sneak up on him. Fine way to spend Christmas tailing Santa Claus. Well, hello, Mr. Hemp. Oh, hello, Orville. (laughs) What are you doing? Oh, just reminiscing. Oh? Used to have a lot of fun breaking into these small-town banks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet it was a lot of laughs. (laughs) You see that vault in there through the window? Vault? Yes. I used to open those tin cans with a hairpin. You did? Yes. Got a hairpin on you? Well, I'll get (laughs) you. What? Only joking, Mr. Hemp. <laughs> yes, in the old days, robbing this bank would have been a trifle. Uh-huh. I'd come down here when it's dark, pick the lock on the front door, whoop, walk in quietly, but shh. Now we come to the vault. We do? I turn the tumblers two to the right, four to the left, three to the right, whoop, whoop. It's open. Uh, now, I'll put the money in the suitcases. Here, you hold the flashlight. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> then I make my getaway. I'm on my way to South America. Oh, Orville, come back. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. Hemp. I gave all that up years ago. Oh, <laughs> good. Well, I'd better be going. See you tonight. Yeah, um, goodbye. Oh, oh, oh Mr. Hemp. Uh, here, here's your watch. What? <laughs> It certainly is hard to break a lifetime habit. (laughs) (laughs) Harold. Yes, Mother? My, but you're fidgety tonight. Why do you keep looking out the window? Well, I'm waiting for Santa Claus. Oh, isn't that sweet? But Santa won't come until you've gone to bed. And then he'll steal down the chimney. I hope he doesn't steal the chimney. <laughs> what? I'm talking about Oroville, Mother. I'm getting worried. He's supposed to come by and pick me up on the way to the children's Christmas party. Oh, yes, of course. Old Doc Yak Yak let him use his horse and buggy to load the presents in. I can't understand why he's so late. Now, don't worry, son. He'll come skipping by. I hope he hasn't skipped bye-bye. <laughs> it's a good thing Orville is not robbing banks anymore. Ah? Uh. 
I read in the paper that the lumber company just deposited their biggest payroll today, $20,000. And that would be a wonderful opportunity for a bank robber. (laughs) Yeah, sure would. Oh, Harold, Uh the funniest thing happened today. I ran into Orville downtown, and do you know what he asked me for? Hmm? A hairpin. He did? Yes. I wonder what he's going to do with a hairpin. I think I know. See you later, Mother. I'm going down to the bank. But, Harold, the bank isn't open. That's what you think. I've got to get down there in time to stop Orville. Brother, this is awful. Santa Claus, a bank robber. Just hope it's all a mistake. Oop, it's no mistake. There's a horse and buggy in front of the bank. Somebody's coming out of there. Santa Claus, carrying a big bag. Something tells me it's not full of toys. Getting in the buggy. Probably off to South America. Santa Claus, just a minute. Santa Claus, come back. Santa Claus! Brother, what a Christmas party this is going to be. Got to tell Pete the Marshal about Oroville robbing the bank. How am I going to explain this to all those little children? I can't tell them Santa Claus is on the lamb. <laughs> Their whole Christmas will be ruined. It's all my fault. Thought if I showed Oroville I had faith in him and believed in him. Uh, well, guess I was wrong. <laughs> Listen to those children in there. I'll just peek in the window. Look at them, all standing around that big Christmas tree, nothing on the floor, waiting for Santa Claus. I think I'll sneak in the side door here. Hello, Harold. Hello, Doc. Merry Xmas, boy. Uh, Hello, Pete. You're late, Hemp. Uh, Hello, Stanley. All the children are in the other room. Gloria's having an awful time keeping them quiet. Where's that Santa Claus of yours? Well, fellas, reindeer, there's something I gotta tell you. Is something wrong, Hemp? Well, you see, fellas... All right, Hemp, come to the point. Where is your Santa Claus? Well, here I am. Orville! My deepest apologies for being late, but I had to stop by the bank. The bank? Yes. I broke in there last night and put the presents in the vault for safekeeping. You did? So I had to break in again tonight to get them out. I'm glad nobody saw me and thought I was robbing the bank. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nobody saw you. (laughs) Well, you trusted me, Mr. Hemp, and I wasn't going to let anything happen to those presents I had in my cell. Anybody can break into that jail. (laughs) You're so right. Well, Santa Claus, the the children are waiting. Yes, Orville. The children are waiting for you. What? Oh, oh, yes. Well, here I go. Merry Christmas, children. Oh, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's Daddy Claus. Yeah, this is a Merry Christmas. Fellas, reindeer. Look at all those kids so happy with their toys. Yeah. And look at that little fella playing that drum. Ain't that a doozy? Yeah. <laughs> Reindeer, it looks like our Christmas party's a big success. Yes, yeah, certainly is, Doc. And Oroville, 
Yes, Mr. Ham. I certainly want to thank you for being such a wonderful Santa Claus. Mr. Ham, I can't tell you how much tonight has meant to me. I'll never forget those little children. I'll carry their laughter in my heart as long as I live. And I owe it all to you. Thanks. Thanks very much. Don't mention it, Orville. And I want to thank you, too. You've taught us all something. That we should never lose our faith in the goodness of people. Oh, Harold, they're all ready for you to sing your Christmas carol. Oh, all right, Gloria, just the way we rehearse it. Excuse me, Orville. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore. response to my request for presence for the wounded GIs from Korea who were hospitalized at the Travis Air Base. We've already received more than 10,000 gifts, which I'll deliver to the boys when I fly up there to play Santa Claus for them this very weekend. You still have a few days to send in your gifts. Remember, the address is Harold Perry, Post Office Box 150, Los Angeles 53. Harold Perry, Post Office Box 150, Los Angeles 53. Again, let me say thank you. Your gifts will show these wonderful boys how much we appreciate the sacrifices they've made for us. And now, on behalf of all of us on the show, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Good night. I hope you enjoyed our Christmas Eve special of the podcast, and I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas tomorrow with family and friends. It's been a crazy year, much like last year, and this is the one time of year when hopefully we can put aside all the chaos and our differences and appreciate the really important things that truly matter the most. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for listening.